Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. On the podcast today, we turn to international affairs and we discuss the assassination of Mohsen Fakhrizadeh, a top Iranian nuclear scientist. This happened last Friday and has now triggered the possibility of a new crisis in West Asia. So, this latest development comes at a crucial time for Iran. There are hopes that Joe Biden, the incoming American president, would return to talks ending months of a maximum pressure policy adopted by the outgoing president Donald Trump which took both countries to the brink of war after the killing of Iranian general Qasem Soleimani in January this year by the US in Baghdad There are other powers in the Middle East notably Israel and Saudi Arabia who have long seen Iran as a threat and would not welcome the US returning to talks or easing economic sanctions on Iran So the motives behind this assassination are many and there are many factors at play here all of which i'll discuss with my guest on the podcast today the hindu's international affairs editor standy johnny standy welcome to the podcast again and thank you for joining us thanks for having me jayant so standy first things first what do we know about mohsen fakhrizadeh the the iranian nuclear scientist who was assassinated and what is the kind of strategic importance that is being attached to his assassination uh hi uh, jain it is you know uh, we don't know to be frank we don't know much about this guy i mean we have some basic details that's it even the first photograph of fakhrizadeh was available to the world in 20 2018 when uh, israeli prime minister netanyahu uh, in a press conference he called out this guy's name he said Mohsen Fakhrizadeh remember that name and then he handed out or he showed he presented a photograph so that was the first time the world saw uh, Fakhrizadeh's face so uh, i don't think that we know much about at least i mean the general public or the journalists uh, know much about uh, uh, Fakhrizadeh but what the americans and the israelis are saying what they have been saying is that he played a critical role in iran's uh, nuclear program and iran's nuclear program is a controversial program so uh, basically in the 1990s late 1990s and early 2000s so even the un uh, un assessment is that iranian nuclear program had a weapons angle uh, it, it was a military oriented nuclear program i mean at least iran was taking steps towards that uh, and uh, it was a clandestine operation uh, which was unveiled before the world day tron in early 2000s and then the global focus has shifted on the iranian nuclear program the iranians have always maintained that their nuclear program is uh, for peaceful purposes like for energy purposes uh, but the point and also the supreme leader uh, had said that uh, you know uh, he, there is a fatwa against uh, nuclear weapons uh, but i think the world has always been suspicious i think yeah iran may not be making the bomb but certainly iran was working towards attaining the capacity to make bomb uh, which it could use as a deterrence against its, its 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 rivals in the region so that could be the strategy and in that strategy i mean if you read the un documents if you read the statements uh, laid out by the american and the israeli leadership 
suggest that factors are they played a critical role in it and even after you know after the after iran stopped its uh, weapon uh, or its militarized nuclear program altogether in early 2000s and uh, it stayed focused on its uh, nuclear energy program which also it decided to scuttle after the 2015 nuclear deal uh but then in the entire nuclear project i think it's believed that factors are they played a critical role they continue to play a critical role and more than that uh, we know certain facts uh, that is uh, he was uh, 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 he was an influential figure in the iranian defense ministry uh, as well as he was also uh, uh, a brigadier uh, uh, you know he he was uh, a brigadier uh, officer level officer in uh the irgc uh, the islamic revolutionary guard corps so he was he was uh, an important figure definitely but at the same time i think uh, uh, this uh, the hit you know it it's coming at a crucial time uh, because in the united states another uh, administration is coming and it is joe biden joe biden had promised to take the united states back to the nuclear deal which uh, president donald trump tried to uh, scuttle uh and the israelis uh, and the saudis are worried about you know a possible uh, restart of negotiations between the americans and the iranians so uh, you can't rule out the strategic angle as well so yeah the assassination is uh, that of a critical regime figure uh, with uh, potential strategic uh, uh, you know implications right uh, so just for the benefit of our listeners Uh, and because this is going to assume great uh, strategic importance can we just uh, rewind back a bit to discuss the iran nuclear deal that came about during the obama administration yeah and why uh, and why the republican party the american right wing uh, you know uh, particularly hated this deal and always uh, decried it and uh, donald trump during his campaign uh, and you know soon after he assumed the presidency i think um, sort of backtracked on that why was this deal so controversial Uh, yeah uh, see the republicans never liked the deal partly because it was obama it was a democratic administration that negotiated the deal and then secondly uh, they thought that it was not a, it was a bad deal that was the republicans maintained the bad deal because uh, see it addressed iran's nuclear program but the republicans said that it didn't address iran's regional activism like iran they they say that iran continued to support terrorist groups quote and quote i'm not saying they are saying because right. they are referring to hamas they are referring to hezbollah and iran's continued support for these organizations or uh, islamic jihad in in palestine so uh, this was not addressed at all in the in the negotiations that is one problem according to them and then uh, secondly uh, they said i mean uh, the main problem you know is that it is more than the nuclear deal oh, of course nuclear deal uh, it it is more than iran's nuclear program Uh, because yeah uh, iran uh, if iran is uh, reaching the capacity of making a nuclear bomb that is definitely uh, that is a cause of worry for these countries for iran's rivals in the region but it's equally worrying for them iran being reaccommodated into the diplomatic and political mainstream of the middle east because iran in that sense because imagine that the sanctions are lifted and iran is allowed to grow uh, with its or attain its natural potential economic potential and strategic potential uh, so definitely uh, in in the middle eastern power dynamics iran iran is already a powerful pillar and it would become stronger 
so that could upset the existing regional dynamics you know uh, in which now the saudis and the israelis are calling shots both are american allies so you see a new pillar emerging which is now more or less uh, iran has focused on resistance but then from resistance iran could become and a reasserting a dominant power in the region if the economic sanctions are removed if iran is open for trade uh, if iranian economy is integrated into the global economy so uh, the saudis and the israelis as much the despised iran's nuclear deal as they were opposed to iran uh, iran's you know iran iran's embargo being the embargo on iran being removed so the problem with obama's nuclear deal was that it ended iran's path to a possible nuclear bomb at least it delayed it it, it delayed it for uh, 10 years or whatever so uh, obama had claimed a victory a diplomatic victory saying that the nuclear program uh, was your the iran's nuclear program was your main concern so i am denying a path to bomb for the iranians but for other countries as well as uh, the uh, republicans in the united states the second problem was equally important that you are by denying bomb to iran you are lifting sanctions and allowing iran to grow which kind of you know deepening their security concerns so this second problem i think is what uh, 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 drove the trump foreign policy because they wanted the earlier regime of sanctions to be back they wanted uh, to reimpose sanctions on iran so that iran's natural growth can be contained so that uh, you know iran iran's you know iran uh, would not become a stronger power in the region so that's what trump iran because iran was complying 100% complying with the terms of the nuclear deal according to the un certification but still trump pulled the united states out of the nuclear deal and reimposed the sanctions on iran what what the trump administration called the maximum pressure strategy which has uh, taken both countries to the brink of war so the root cause of the problems which we are facing in the region between iran and the rival powers is the trump administration's unilateral decision to take the united states out of the nuclear deal so that's what we are seeing now so the underlying problem is that uh, you know it, it is the existing rivalry between iran and america's allies in the region and the republican administration has reoriented it reoriented its policy in the middle east you know basing completely on america's allies in the region uh see saudi arabia and israel right and um so is there can we discuss a little bit uh, more specifically about um, you know what exactly israel and saudi arabia fear so much about the rise of iran uh see it's uh yeah it's partly historical and it's partly uh, you know geopolitical the historical angle is that uh, since the iranian revolution in 1979 iran has clearly been opposed to both countries saudi arabia israel as well as the united states because the iranian uh, leadership calls uh, the americans the great satan and the israelis the little satan and the saudi arabia being a sunni being the most important sunni power in the region and iran iran being a shia theocratic republic you have the sectarian angle as well so these two are big powers if you look at the map if you look at the size of iran and saudi arabia to look at the population the resources these two are natural big powers in the middle east uh, and both are muslim countries Uh, and there is a sectarian divide in between them one is a sunni wahhabi sunni kingdom uh, and the other is a shia the- shia uh, theocracy and another contradiction is that uh, yeah of course saudi arabia is a kingdom and iran is a republic uh, 
so you have this political contradiction sectarian contradiction and then the geopolitical angle where these two countries are competing each other and israel on the other side it is an occupying force and iran it is one of the revolutionary goals of israel, uh, iran uh, that is to uh, liberate uh, what they call al quds which is jerusalem jerusalem right. is being occupied by the israelis so you know uh, there are multiple contradictions like that so iran is clearly since 1979 is poised against these two countries uh, on geopolitical sectarian and historical reasons against saudis and the israelis uh, so uh, they think what obama thought was that what obama called for uh, he called for a cold peace between these countries uh, you know he said that the powers the major powers in the middle east should start sharing the region the resources in the region so what he wanted was a peaceful coexistence between these three countries predominantly powerful countries but that's not happening because the existing powerful countries like uh, saudis and the israelis uh, they have deep concerns about the rise of iran because they from their point of view iran is supporting hamas iran is supporting hezbollah iran is supporting islamic jihad iran is supporting the houthis in yemen so all, all these uh, groups are uh, they are non state actors that can upset the existing you know that that can upset the status quo so iran is seen as an anti status quo power uh, by this status quoist forces in the region who are backed by the united states so they think that the nuclear deal kind of you know uh, yeah of course it uh, uh, cut off the path towards bomb but uh, while doing so it empowered iran economically which also they fear that as well uh, uh, so naturally they don't want that to happen again when a biden administration comes so they wanted iran to be contained they wanted to you know uh, erect uh, blocks on iran's natural rise in the region so uh, and how do they do how do you do it the trump administration had taken a similar view but you are not sure what a biden administration is going to do because joe biden after all was the vice president of president obama and right. he was part of the nuclear deal decision and what if you know one one diplomatic possibility is that uh, biden taking the united states back to the nuclear deal uh, as a i mean that may not be the end in itself but taking the united states back to the nuclear deal or reviving the nuclear deal could be the first step of continuing negotiations with iran that could address other as uh, other uh, issues as well uh, related to iran including its regional presence its missile program etc etc uh, so by targeting uh, mohsen fakhri sadeh you know the israelis have been targeting iranian scientists for the last 10 years uh, even in this case it is widely uh, uh, speculated or there were confirmation from uh, anonymous confirmation from the us intelligence sources to new york times and other american media that it was israel uh, that carried out the hit uh, so uh, for the last 10 years iranian nuclear scientists are being killed there are at least five scientists were killed in, in 10 years and then uh, earlier this year there was a mysterious uh, explosion at one of iran's uh, uh, main nuclear facilities uh, and then in january you see uh, the iranian uh, general qasem soleimani was assassinated by the americans and yeah. in uh, syria where iran has sizable presence uh, iranian assets and infrastructure are coming under repeated uh, aerial attacks by the israelis so you you see the americans and the israelis keep provoking iran now for uh, the uh, for the israelis there is a window opportunity you know 
uh, now the uh, Trump Trump administration is uh, it's uh, it's it's the outgoing administration. So you have a two month period before Biden comes. So whatever you have to do, you have to do now. And then Fakhrizadeh is getting killed. Uh, he is assassinated in in the outskirts of uh, Tehran. So what Iran would do next is the critical question. So if Iran uh, takes some retaliatory action, you know, that could escalate the conflict, and you can't even rule out a full scale war. And if uh, in the event of a full scale war, if Israel launches uh, uh, air strikes on Iranian nuclear facilities and Iran retaliates, then the possibility for uh, Biden taking the United States back to the nuclear deal is shut. Uh, so, you know, there are multiple factors uh, like this in the current crisis. Right. So I think this ties in again to some uh, things that we've been hearing about uh, Mr. Trump's last days in office and um, uh, some policy moves that he's trying to make, um, which seems to seems to be aimed at some level to making the Biden administration's task um, in various areas harder. And I think the Middle East is particularly re- is particularly relevant here. Yeah. Because we've also heard about uh, things like um, troops being pulled back in Afghanistan. So in that sense, you know, there have been some precursors to this. We heard that uh, Trump was in, had in fact asked, uh, you know, his military people if an outright attack on Iran was possible. Yeah. And um, I, I think maybe earlier there was, uh, you know, I think his Secretary of State held secret meetings with the Saudis. So is this um, is this the plan basically? Is this to sort of actively derail the possibility of the Iran nuclear deal being revived or negotiations with Iran being revived diplomatically? Yeah, it could be. I think uh, uh, you know. Uh, before yeah, before before Fakhrizadeh's killing, Pompeo was in the Middle East. He first went to Tel Aviv. Uh, he met the Israeli Prime Minister, and both of them secretly flew to Neom, the futuristic mega city which uh, the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is building. Uh, and apparently, according to these reports, uh, which the Saudis haven't confirmed yet, but still widely reported in Saudi Arabia, uh, widely reported in the United States and Israel. Uh, courting intelligence agencies is that uh, Netanyahu uh, held talks with uh, MBS on a host of issues including Iran. Uh, so it's possible that uh, uh, the hit on Fakhrizadeh because there were speculations immediately after the summit, after the meet that uh, something was brewing in the region and then within a few days you have this. So if you are you know, uh, joining the dots so it's possible that uh, something some action against iran was discussed in these meetings and why should they discuss and it is definitely certainly what they want there is a convergence of interest in these three parties the trump administration the saudi uh, uh, monarchy and uh, the israeli government and the convergence of interest is to stop uh, the united states uh, going back to the nuclear deal so uh, what i see is that it's interesting that you know Iran is being pushed to a corner. If you take a realistic look at the scenario, as I said earlier, Iran is coming under repeated attacks. And uh, in uh, in the loss of uh, Qasem Soleimani, Iran lost a master strategist. It is something which Iran cannot judge. Iran cannot bridge that gap so easily, you know, uh, because Qasem Soleimani had commanded Iran's external operations. So it is a huge blow to uh, Iran's strategy abroad. So you lost Qasem Soleimani, uh, there are mysterious attacks and uh, happening inside your country. You are not able to protect your own scientists. You are on top uh, scientists. You are not able to protect your own nuclear facilities. There were some mysterious fire incidents uh, in Natanz. 
Uh, and now uh, Fakhr Sada is also killed, and Israelis haven't denied that it was uh, Mossad that killed, that carried out the operation because their silence uh, is read uh, as their confirmation of the reports that already appeared. So, which means Mossad, the Israeli spy agency, is carrying out a sophisticated operation inside Iran, some 60 kilometers east of the capital, Tehran. So, right. yeah, it, it suggests that, uh, I mean, it suggests that Mossad has a very, uh, you know, has an operational wing inside Iran. And the Iranian authorities are not able to prevent that. Iranian authorities are not able to capture them. So, all this suggests weakening of uh, the hands of the regime inside Iran. And uh, in the face of these repeated attacks, you know, the question is what the Iranians will do next. After Soleimani was killed, Iran had launched missile attacks at U.S. bases in Iraq. Uh, but they did it after lots of uh, rhetoric and, uh, uh, you know, warning so that the Americans could keep their soldiers safe. Uh, uh, you know, no, no American soldier was killed in the attack. So, yeah, Iran carried out their revenge, but they lost, in, you know, uh, when you compare it to their loss, Qasem Soleimani, it was more of an act for the sake of the public. Uh, right. So and then after that, again after that, in Syria, you see there are repeated attacks in Syria on the Iranian assets and Iranian-backed uh, soldiers, and Iran is practically not able to do anything. And we are talking about a country whose airspace is practically controlled by Vladimir Putin, who is an ally of Iran. And Putin's Russia is, I think, uh, turning away, looking away when the Israelis are carrying out strikes on Iran and Hezbollah. So basically, what you see is Iran being pushed to a corner. And uh, if Iran is not retaliating, so you have this sense of uh, Iran's, uh, the regime's hands getting weakened in the country. It's not even able to protect its uh, top regime figures from uh, Qasem Soleimani to uh, Mohsen Fakhrizadeh. Uh, and on the other side, the question is what Iran would do. Because if Iran is not doing anything, uh, and in plain international relations theory, Iran's deterrence is getting weakened. And if your right. deterrence, if there are holes in your deterrence, which means you would expect more attacks from your rivals. So there, the, the attacks won't be deterred in the future if you don't do anything. And if you do anything, especially at this time, when the United States in, is in the transition and uh, uh, the, it is in the interest of the United States and Israel to start an open conflict with Iran so that uh, a future negotiations with the Biden administration can be stopped. Uh, so if Iran does anything, it could escalate the conflict, maybe even leading to an open war. So that would uh, that would uh, cut off the path towards diplomacy. So whatever Iran does, it will face diverse impacts now. So Iran is kind of checkmated in the region if you look at it. So this is the dilemma which Iran is facing now. So right, yeah, as you say, um, you know, and just to end with perhaps, uh, has there been any official communication from Iran about uh, what they might do to retaliate? Um, it does sound, as you mentioned, in the measured kind of response after Soleimani's death that um, they might perhaps see some benefit to playing a bit of a long game here and not retaliating outright and uh, giving some space for a Biden administration to take over and then see what happens. Yeah, Iran hasn't said, Iran, what, you know, uh, what they have said is that they would avenge the death of Akrisadeh. Both the prime minister, both the president as well as the supreme leader have said that they would retaliate. But they haven't, uh, there is no indication what they would do. Um, we don't know. Um, you know, from a strategic point of view, they might wait out. They might wait for the Biden administration to come. 
but we don't know whether there are lots of Iranian proxies in the region, whether they would start any uh, missile attacks or whatever. We have to wait and see. Stanley, we'll keep a watch on this as always. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast today. Thanks, sir. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.